All right. Hello. Welcome into the Geek Garage podcast, the most inclusive and accessible nerd culture audio program on the interwebs. I'm your host, David. This week, uh, my wife, Lindsay, is off. Uh, she is feeling a tad bit under the weather. Uh, this hellish uh, nightmare hellscape that we call summer weather in Middle Tennessee is affecting the best of us. I somehow have uh, managed to escape its wrath. Um, but she has not, unfortunately, so she will be out this week. However, in his, st- uh, in her stead is, um, my good friends and returning guest from the don't be crazy podcast on the top five podcast, Mr. Zachary Rancourt. How are you doing? Good, sir. David, how's it going? I'm doing well. <laughs> that, that was just very abrupt and odd respond. David, this is a but, formal conversation. <laughs> No more casual. This is a family (laughs) restaurant. I like to have fresh fruit in the house and chocolate chips in my pancakes. Write it down so you don't forget. Okay. I'm I'm not calling him dad ever, even (laughs) if there's a fire. (laughs) I know a Sloan Kettering. I know a Johnny Hopkins. We used to smoke weed. It was Sloan Kettering and Johnny Hopkins, and we were blazing that shit all day. (laughs) Oh, boy. Love that Uh, movie. Yeah, I was... um... I was quoting that movie the other day to my dad of all people. Cause like, I remember when that movie came out, I was quoting that movie and he was laughing, but I didn't get the Sloan Kettering part of the joke. Like I didn't realize that was also like a medical hospital in right. a school. And, <laughs> and he was like, and he laughed harder than I did when I quoted that line. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I, this joke must be a lot funnier than I initially realized. And he was like, yeah, you know, Sloan Kettering is also a, you know, a, a, a medical facility like John Johns Hopkins. And I was like, yeah, of course my stupid, dumb, dumb, idiot brain didn't put two together like that. <laughs> it's okay. There's a lot of jokes that went over my head. I watched The Mask today from 1996. Oh, man. And uh, how does that hold up? It's like a cocaine-fueled Jim Carrey at like a, a 27 when he needs to be at like a 7. <laughs> and he um, just really, really fully sends it. But this it's such a weird movie. I'd say it's more of a dark comedy, if anything, mm, but there yeah. are jokes in it that I get now. But when I was a kid, I'm like, I don't oh, understand yeah. what they're saying at all. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, that's a, a lot of nineties movies for, I guess for our generation, uh, mostly is, you know, like, you know, kind of, uh, in, in line with that, I watched dumb and dumber today. <laughs> Love and so much. Yeah, uh, that's what I watched instead of rewatching the last episode of Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just like I was like, you know what? It's it's a nice and easy thing to have on in the background while you're working for folks like us that are lucky enough to be able to work from home. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, damn those. Uh, that that was the golden age of comedies where everything was nonsensical and farcical and all the, all the ickles, all the ickles, all the icicles, creamsicles, popsicles. Um, on a, uh, one more comment and then (laughs) we'll break out into this podcast. You, uh, I was listening to the, uh, the top five comedies episode of your, your top five podcast the other day. And, I wanted to start like a running counter of how many times you guys said farcical. 
<laughs> because one, it was a lot. And two, every time you said it, like it reminded me of that scene from like a, a crazy Ira and the douche from parks and rec where uh, she said, she says farcical for some reason. And he's like, did you just say fartsicle? <laughs> it's frozen farts put it in your face mouth <laughs> i actually didn't even realize that i said it that much because we were talking about airplane and i was like, yeah it's a farce and mm-hmm. i kept saying huh well yeah subconsciously i just i, I guess i kept saying farcical damn me i need no, to it, need to correct my actions no it's uh it, it was really nothing uh nothing no nothing said nothing <laughs> No big deal. It was it was just me being uh, overly observant and unnecessarily critical. No, I dig it. I'll yeah. uh, I'll be more aware of of what I say from now on. <laughs> well, mum's the word. That makes one of us because I do not learn from any of my mistakes. <laughs> Especially when it comes to podcasting. I've been doing the same dumb shit for five and a half years now. Um <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, we are here to talk about the series that just wrapped last week that is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, it, uh, of course, premiered on Disney Plus and ran for, what was it, Zach, six episodes? Or six so? episodes. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, I am pretty excited about it. Uh, Zach? How are you feeling? What? What? what it, yeah, let, let's just dive into it. What? What did you think about Obi Wan Kenobi? So I really loved. I, I loved it. Um, I had so much fun. I love Ewan McGregor. I, I loved his character in the prequels of Obi Wan Kenobi. I think he was probably the best thing to come from it, uh, aside mm-hmm. from Pod Racing and Darth Maul. But yeah. he just did such a fantastic job, and he's he's such a good actor in general. But to be able to see kind of the filler space of what happened in that in that 10 or 20 years or whatever between um, uh, what what is it called? Revenge of the Sith up to um, A New Hope was really nice. And it was really great to kind of have some wiggle room and and play around. So I don't I don't know much of the fanfic and I don't really know what's canonical and what's not canonical anymore in Star Wars world. But Mm -hmm. it was really cool that they could kind of show Kenobi as as old man Ben and then you just get a lot of uh, you can take a lot of liberties. And then, of course, I'm, I'm a sucker for any lightsaber fight because any Star Wars IP, I want to see lightsabers and mm-hmm. to bring a a young Darth Vader in this. I know you can't really see his face, but a young Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker and then yeah. combat a young ish, a middle aged Obi-Wan Kenobi is so much better than seeing old Ben Kenobi barely swing his lightsaber on, <laughs> on the Death Star. And you're just like, what is going on? Um, so this was that that final episode six was such an incredible fight. I mm-hmm. loved every minute of it, um, but I wasn't while I was really excited. I was really, really sad uh, just because it was such an emotional fight. But overall, the series did a great job. Um, Star Wars fans, as everybody knows, are very toxic. And so we'll get into it, too. But like it's 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 very hard to to introduce new uh, ideas or new storylines and people be like, well, no, this conflicts with this. And in, in, at mm-hmm. three minutes and 46 seconds into the second part of A New Hope or whatever, it's like, <laughs> shut up, dude. Like, yeah, the kyber crystals actually didn't match up with this. And and the hilt on the lightsaber was to, I'd be like, oh, come on, just enjoy it a little bit. 
Everybody yeah. knows Disney is messed up before, but I think they nailed it for this one. And I truly liked Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo pretty much all that. I I loved pretty much every second of this show. <clears throat> I, I will admit, for, for me, it seemed a little slow uh, starting off, but it does pick up pretty quickly. I'd say around uh, episode three or four, uh, it really starts to hit its stride because, um, you know, it, it does some pretty solid like groundwork uh, or foundation foundation laying in, in the first couple episodes. Um, Cause you know, you kind of have to establish a lot all at the same time. Like you have all these new characters, you have Reva's character. Um, you have, let's see. Um, we have um, Haja, we have Roken, um, Tala, uh, just, you know, all these new characters and like they're all sandwiched into a six episode run and they have to make us care about all of them. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it was a pretty tall order in, in that respect. Um, and I think that they did a pretty good job. They and they really played the long game with this like because like the entire time like you know i was i was definitely stoked to see obi-wan kenobi like kind of pull a stella like i still got her groove back um <laughs> that's you know i was definitely excited for that but you know with this new character reva like she just she, like from the moment she hit the screen i was like there's something going on with this girl and i'm digging the hell out of it and uh and so I, I was I was kind of glued to her character to see exactly how they fleshed her out and what they did with her story arc. So um but yeah, all in all, general thoughts and feelings, like I, I really enjoyed the shit out of this. Um the 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 child acting on uh the the part of let's see, who is it? Um I wrote it down and I still have to go find it. Vivian Lyra Blair as Leia. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, she was she was very cute and she <laughs> she reminded me of how Leia would be. I know there mm-hmm. was some gripe about people who were annoyed with her, but I'm like, she's a child, you guys. She's a kid <laughs> actor. Give her a goddamn break. I thought she was great. I thought she was tough. She was smart. Um, she was sassy, just how Leia is. And so yeah, I, th- I think it worked very well. I like the meme you sent me too. that <laughs> there's a point in the show. I'll just read it for, for everybody. So in, in Obi-Wan Kenobi, Obi-Wan tells Leia, you're 10 years old, but you won't always be. This is subtle foreshadowing her appearance in Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope, in which she is above the age of 10. So <laughs> I love those types of memes that just yeah, call out the, the obvious. Yeah, just like the matter of fact, obvious memes. Like I don't know why, but they like they they just show up randomly like a, a thrown in wrench. And yeah. I'm like sometimes I'll have to do a double take and like read it it's three so times. Funny. And I'm like, oh, oh, it's one of those. It's just being ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, so it's, good. Yeah, pretty damn funny. Um, so, uh, so we got that out of the way. So let's, let's talk about the, the, the overall like story and plot of this, this series. Um, so it occurs, uh, you know, I I think round about 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith, um, going in, did you feel that we really quote unquote needed, uh, a Obi-Wan story for this time period? Did you feel any differently after watching, um, 
the uh this season or series i i don't have they decided that they're gonna do more seasons i've heard rumors that they're that they're gonna do a second season but i don't know if that's greenlit or not mm-hmm. but yeah yeah it's so- probably still talk at this point but anyways <laughs> yes yeah. yeah, so so how did you feel about um the 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 series going into it and uh you said necessary, and I was going to go, necessary? Necessary that I drink my own urine? No, it's <laughs> sterile, and sterile I like and the taste. I like the taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, Mr. Crazy Guy. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I don't think it was necessary to have an Obi-Wan story because Revenge of the Sith was such a good, you know, Anakin, you were my brother sort of thing. You were, you were yeah. the chosen one. You were supposed to be the best of us. Uh, that was very... It was very sad and it was a nice way to kind of uh, bow tie or to wrap it up right um, mm-hmm. before A New Hope. And then you get uh, what was the damn one? I'm just drawing a blank right now. Rogue One, where mm-hmm. it kind of also is is put in between there too a little bit. And you can see the lead up for the Death Star plans and you're like, oh, cool. Now we get uh, a bunch of that. Plus in Rogue One, you have the amazing Darth Vader scene where he's basically Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely loved it. And so I think this one it was interesting because the entire time we're all thinking, well, what's happening on Tatooine for these 18 years or whatever these kids are growing up. Um, And so there's a lot of filler room. And I think that's the beauty of Star Wars is you can branch off from the main story a bit or at least introduce uh, different ideas and and connect dots and connect lines from from movies that have 40 years of, of distance between them. Um, mm-hmm. So so I'll never sit here and say that it's it's not necessary to have these stories because I never thought I'd be interested in watching a Mandalorian. But then yeah. I see a baby Grogu and I'm like, oh, my God, he's so cute. <laughs> and I love Mandalorian. I think it's so well done. It's, mm-hmm. It shows a it shows how you can uh, work a character who has its helmet on the entire time looking at you, Halo, the, the TV series, um, <laughs> which was terrible, by the way. But anyways, it's it's brilliant that uh, they captured my or the specific audience and captured my attention enough to be able to watch it. And I think Obi-Wan did a really good job with that. The one thing I will say about the six episode run is it felt very short. Um, mm-hmm. it, it didn't get I'm looking at your cast list right now. And I had to I had to go over again and look at their actual pictures. I was like, Roken. I'm like, oh, yeah, O'Shea Jackson. And then Haja. I forgot that Camille Nanjiani was in it. And Tala Tala was a little more um, uh, prominent in, in it. But there were just characters that were all around, not in the in the show as much as I wanted them to be. So I, th- yeah. I feel like they should have done eight episodes. But either way, I still really enjoyed it. Yeah, I. I'll echo that as well. I I think in eight episode run, uh, I would not have balked at that. That I would have welcomed that with open arms. Um, there there have actually been times where I've grappled with like would have would this have been a good movie? Like if they trimmed some some stuff out and like maybe made it into like a like a two hour two hour and fifteen minute movie. Like could they have done that? Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm glad that they went with the series. That way they could kind of take their time with it. But you are right. I, I think it could have benefited from at least one or two more episodes. Um, you know, like a, a typical Mandalorian season run mm-hmm. would have been would have been good. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, pretty much agree with uh, the, the rest of what you said. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, that that story, you know, 10 plus years after the revenge of the Sith. 
uh, but you know the Luke and Leia are still very young. Like that, this uh, this story and at this time period, it wasn't something that I necessarily craved. Because I, I think that's because it wasn't something that I expected to ever happen. Like I, I thought that Ewan McGregor was one of those people that was like, "I'm done with Star Wars." Um, there was no legitimacy to that thought. I guess I kind of assumed that he, you know had no interest in returning. So I didn't really expect this kind of thing to happen. But when they announced that they were going to do it, I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like I'm definitely <laughs> down with that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, um, the, <clears throat> the story, like in particular going with Leia, I thought was amazing because I am, uh, I believe you are the same as well. Just a complete sucker for strong female characters, of course, Leia Organa has always been a uh, a badass, strong female character, um, and now we get to see her in this much different light. You know, as a, as a ten year old child, where she is like, she has the the childlike tendencies that a normal child would have, but you also see like that glimmer of light that uh that is the leia that we all know and love and you know at the end she's got like the holster <laughs> as yeah. she's wearing like the dress and it's just like it kills me because she's like you know i'll dress proper but i'm ready for action <laughs> yeah i i really dig it and i think it's it's important to note I, there was one argument online i try not to read too much of that but there was one, one argument online that was like well if if she met him at this point and then 10 years later says, you know, help me General Kenobi, like help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. As in, she's never seen him before, she addresses him as a general. I don't think that that necessarily means that she's not familiar with him or or not like, oh, hey, remember that time you helped me 10 years ago when I was a kid and you and we escaped Reva and other Inquisitors? Um, one show uh, that I watch on YouTube uh, said it really well. The, the, the story in the show doesn't need to exist to to explain their backstory to us. They need to speak like it's an actual actual real world. So for you, I wouldn't be like, David, uh, a year ago when I met you on this thing, this led me to this point. And so that's why I'm talking to you right now. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to give you exposition for that. I would just say, hey, remember, you know, I, I, you said I could come on your podcast or something like that. I wouldn't say mm -hmm. because I met you on Reddit and it, we needed to do this. <laughs> Like right. to explain it to people. So the <laughs> listeners out there, I'm not going to explain how you and I met up, but it's it's that's what I'm talking about. And so I think nitpicking like that is ridiculous. And I, I really enjoyed that that they have this bond because I think the Leia, uh, the Leia kind of like father daughter combination is part of the the guilt that Obi Wan has where he still loves Anakin like a brother and he loved Padme and um, these two kids he was sworn to protect. And so he kind of feels responsible for taking away their father, but it has to deal with that grief and, you know, them losing their mother. And it's probably hard for him because he still sees Padme in her. And, and that's what he says. He's like, you know, you're, you're smart and cunning like your, your mother and you're, you're brave and stubborn like your father or something mm -hmm. along those lines. And so, right. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when we're first introduced to Obi-Wan Kenobi 10 years later, like you can really see like the, the years and all those emotions and feelings like weighed down on him. Like when we, when we get that first shot of him, like on the assembly line, like doing, you know, meat packing or whatever. Like carving he's some meat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like you can like they did it such a great job of just showing you like how like making you feel the weight of of what he's feeling. Um, you know, just this all this time has gone by, but still like he feels this guilt uh for, you know, what happened to Anakin and and the kids and Padme like um, he feels like it just all, all the guilt rests on his shoulders. Um, and, and so you, you just feel for him. Um, and I, I think that's definitely one thing that this, this show did really well. So. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to yeah. Deborah Chow for just doing a, a very good job of directing these episodes. And I think, oh, yeah, she, she did a good job for her Mandalorian episode she directed too. Oh yeah, which uh, do you know which episode that was off the top of your head? Um, I did. I don't know what it's called. So let me find it real quick. Uh, so it was the. So she did two. Yeah, that's right. She did two: the reckoning and the sin. So, um, chapter seven and chapter three of two thousand and nineteen. So the first season, I believe. Mm. Okay. So yeah. Cool. Uh, the sin was the one where no, I don't remember now. These go in one ear and out the other for me sometimes. So <laughs> hell, it, it's just an it, it's just an excuse to go rewatch the Mandalorian again. Pretty um, much, yeah. But I do so. remember seeing her name after those episodes, and I was pretty happy with it. And I think she's done some BCS episodes as well too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's cool. Better call Saul for those not in the know. Oh, sorry for all you you, pe- you peasants out there. <laughs> yeah, for anyone out there that's not watching Better Call Saul, like, <clears throat> what, what, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> what are you What are you doing? Who, oh, who do you Who do you think you are? <laughs> who do you think what, you what, are? What gives, what gives you the you right? The right? <laughs> Suck on who, this. <laughs> who thought it'd be funny to give Toby a rock as a going away person? You did. I thought it was over the line. <laughs> <laughs> I will kill you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So so we definitely got some new characters in in this series. Uh like I said earlier at the top we we got Reva um as the what is the fifth uh fifth woman uh fifth sister, fifth I think. sister. Yeah. Fifth woman. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh I apologize. Um and then, uh, is it Tala? I, Tala. Apparently I, yeah, apparently I need my eyes checked. Uh, Tala, <laughs> uh, who was the, she was the one who sacrifices herself, right? With, mm-hmm. with, with the bomb and everything. With the thermal so, grenade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was pretty fucking epic. Um, Haja, who is played by. Camille um, Nanjiani. Cam- yes. Um, who was more or less the comic relief, you know, posing as a Jedi. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't really do anything in this show. Yeah. He, he was just kind of there, right? Like, I mean, he helped further the plot a little bit, like help literally get them from point A to point B. But, um, yeah, like 
I felt like you could take him out and the show wouldn't suffer at all. But like, I'm not saying I'd prefer it without him. Cause like, like he's funny and I love him and pretty much everything that I've seen him in. Um, but yeah, I feel like his character didn't really have a ton to do. No. Um, but out of uh out of all these these new characters that we were introduced to uh like like roken he's um uh ice cube's son um o'shea right? jackson yeah o'shea yeah. jackson he's really um, good. junior uh out of out of all these these new characters that we were introduced to do you have a favorite or favorites i mean so Reva was great. I, I I thought she was great, and especially since or Reva, I guess is however you want to call it. Um, I I, Reva, we'll just say Reva. She yeah. she was a, a little interesting at first. She was pretty evil. It seemed like it, like you know, nothing was going to get in her way. I didn't have any issues with her, so I didn't understand why the internet blew up about it. But yeah, that's Star Wars fans for you. The the minority mm-hmm. are sometimes the loudest. Yeah. So I um. I really enjoyed what she brought to her performance. Uh, she was just hell bent and backstabbing and it was it was interesting to see. But then when she turns. And you, you get that point uh, when Tala sacrifices herself, you get that point when Obi-Wan is talking with her and she confides like I was a youngling. I was like, holy shit, you were a youngling. And one of the coolest parts of this show for me, we talked about it being necessary was the filler. So they showed the night of order 66. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anakin killing younglings is, is like an unredeemable thing. So no matter what, when he takes his helmet off at the end of return of the Jedi, uh, it still makes it really, really hard to, to have redemption. But this mm-hmm. is, this just, if anything, it strengthens how strong the dark side <laughs> is and yeah. how, how uh, lucrative and seductive it can be he is on like another level. And so I think that's really brilliant that she's like, this is going to be my big revenge. I'm, you know, I'm in this for the long con sort of thing. So I, I enjoyed what she did. And for her to find the, the Bail Organa, um, little cor- responder or whatever, and then go to Tatooine and just be like, well, I'm not going to defeat Vader because, I mean, did you see what he just did to that ship? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to kill his son as eye for an eye. It's not the best tactic, in my opinion, but I still really enjoyed what she brought. The other characters were, were they were fine. They existed. Yeah, it felt they felt too rushed. Um, Roku or whatever his name is or Roka. Roken, <laughs> he, <laughs> he, um, he was okay. He was, he was fine. Just insert any other rebel leader. I like the actor a lot. Uh, Haja, yeah. same thing. I like the actor a lot. Tala was good. She presented a, a kind of yin to the yang for, for Obi-Wan. Um, and her story was, was sad, but the, the inquisitors were cool. And I had recently played Jedi fallen order. So it timed out perfectly because mm. when Obi-Wan started, I'm like, Oh, I know what they are. They're inquisitors. Yeah. And it was pretty badass um, to see like the spinning lightsabers and such. So oh, I, yeah. I, I enjoyed the hell out of that. But yeah, I think probably the, one of the weakest ones was Benny Safdie was the Jedi at the very beginning who ran away from the bar and found Obi-Wan and was like, you got to help me. Oh yeah, I'm going to die. And then he, he dies. That was Benny Safdie, director of Uncut Gems and Good Times and other movies. Oh, I didn't even realize that he looked familiar. I was like, why does that guy look so familiar? Um, and 
yeah, like that's um Yeah, he's he's I don't really like him as an actor. I, I don't even really like him as a director. So <laughs> he I, I don't know. I'm not a huge Benny Safty fan, but he keeps a pop he keeps popping up in things. Like he was in Paul Thomas Anderson's um Licorice Pizza movie as well. And he's mm-hmm. just he's kind of all over there. So yeah, the new the new characters were they were interesting. They they worked, but you know, I didn't want them to be oversaturated. I think what sure. this what this show comes down to is Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah. I think all the characters, uh, that's one thing uh, or another thing that this show did really well. Um, you know, despite the, you know, some characters not feeling like fully fleshed out, like if six episodes is all we're going to get, I think that they did a great job of focusing the proper amount of time on the respective characters. Um, So, you know, if Reva is going to have this big developing story arc over all six episodes where, you know, we're going to, you know, even after the reveal of her being one of the younglings that was uh, not spared, but, you know, I guess she played dead or, or, you know, somehow managed to, you know, evaded. Uh, Even after that, you know, her story her story kept on unfolding because like she she got like you said she got to that point of um you know i i can't go kill vader because i'm not powerful enough but i can go kill his son and you know and get that eye for an eye revenge but like when she wasn't able to do that like that is that is just uh i I was trying i was thinking about this earlier today and trying to like form words to describe like exactly this this second folding uh, or unfolding of her character um i just find it super interesting it's like she had this idea as a kid uh, at a very early age of what like what fate and revenge look like um you know having all of her you know childhood friends you know die brutal deaths at the hands of like one dude and a bunch of machines um and to for it to like climax at this at this moment where you know uh, she's like finally i'm going to kill someone who in my eyes kind of sort of deserves it and she realizes that she can't do it like i just thought that was huge like for for her character and for the story um i I don't know why you know i I don't know if everyone else uh feels the same way but just her character in particular and her story arc was was great um but yeah um and then like you said the the other characters the side characters they you know uh aside from a, a lack of you know fleshing out here or there uh for the most part they were they were pretty good <clears throat> yeah, yeah totally yeah um let's uh let's get in some old characters so uh they brought back hayden christensen um as vader obviously but they uh they didn't bring back uh or they uh they also brought back james earl jones to do mo- most uh moist of the voice acting <laughs> most of the voice acting um how, how did you feel about that uh would is it a, are you of the opinion that it's not vader unless 
James Earl Jones is voice acting or was there any part of you that would have enjoyed uh, Hayden Christensen actually voicing Vader? I think I think they did a good job. I think there are so many elitist Star Wars fans uh, that are still in the past and they're like, no, you can't do this and you got to leave it this way. Right. And so I think it's fine to have James Earl Jones as the voice, because even in Revenge of the Sith, when he screams, no, I'm pretty sure that was James Earl Jones who, who oh, yeah. did that. So yeah. I'm fine with the continuity on that level. And I think Hayden Christensen was did, did a really good job. I know he gets a lot of shit because episode two was terrible and he hates sand. So he just <laughs> he was. But that's not necessarily Hayden Christensen's fault. That is the yeah. writing. That is George Lucas and just yeah. being not good <laughs> at <directing laughs> writing. Um, just being not good. He was three. He did three amazing movies, and then the rest were kind of like, "Oh shit!" Well, we got to give him a free pass because you know four, five, and six. Okay. So, yeah. um, I was very excited to see him back, and and one of one of the best moments for me was when they had their. I think it was like episode four, maybe, but um, they they had the flashback scene, part five, I should say. And and you got to see a de-aged sort of Hayden Christensen oh, yeah. and a, a sort of de-aged um, Ewan McGregor during the, the Attack of the Clones era. And they're they're battling and they're kind of talking about Anakin, you, you still fail because of your aggression and this and, and you always have to win and you're not willing to sacrifice. I mean, it, it's, it's such a good, friendly uh, rivalry or a memory that could pass through Obi-Wan's head when he's he's dealing with with the ramifications of, of, uh, of Darth Vader as opposed mm-hmm. to his friend, Anakin Skywalker. So these are things that could go through anybody's head. And I think he did a great job. Um, I don't know if he was under the suit performing, but I do remember seeing, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but you McGregor and Anakin uh, and Hayden Christensen training um, uh, behind the scenes and stuff for the buildup of this show for lightsaber battles. So I don't know if it was just this flashback scene or maybe if they were actually the ones uh, battling together on Mapuzo, the the planet that they fought. I'm sure it was. It Uh, had to be. Yeah. I mean, if they were, if they went like full hog, like lightsaber, uh, you know, practicing in that, that one scene that you were just referring to, um, I, I, I got a, I got to believe that it's actually him in the suits, you know, in in both the acting scenes and the dueling scenes as well. Yeah, um, it's it, it has to be. And and I, I really was a fan of of that, uh, just bringing them back. And, and it kind of was redemption for Hayden Christensen. He got a lot of yes. shit for his his uh, participation in those movies or his his acting in those movies. But I actually really liked him in Revenge of the Sith. I thought he did a good job. And so I, I guess I never really understood everything. And my favorite thing about Ewan McGregor is just some of the memes that they can come back. Like when he meets Luke at the end and he's like, hello there. <laughs> Everyone is waiting for it. And you're like, oh, he said it. He said the line. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was great. Hello there. I, I was like, oh, he said the thing. He um, said the thing. So uh, it was uh, the prequels. This is just a, a small side note. I'll try not to get on a soapbox or anything. But with the prequels, like. I got the memo late that we were supposed to hate the prequels. Like when the the three prequels came out, I actually enjoyed all three of them. Um, and then all of a sudden, like I started talking to other Star Wars fans years later, they're like, oh yeah, those fucking prequels, like stupid garbage. And uh, I'm just like, 
what What are you talking about? Like those movies are great. And then I went back and rewatched them. I was like, all right. So they don't hold up as well as they did when I was like, what, like 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, <laughs> yeah. they were coming out. Um, but like they do have some of like the best lightsaber dueling choreography. Oh my in, gosh! Yeah, in any of the Star Duel Wars. of the Fates. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> oh my you, god! Have you seen that uh, that meme with Paul Giamatti where he's like, oh, <laughs> and it's <laughs> no. like when Duel of the Fates hits. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh. man. Um, I, yeah, I 100% agree with you that that some of the best lightsaber battles like I've ever seen in any Star Wars IP. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that's kind of a, a good segue into some of the best and most memorable moments of the series. So, you know, some of the, the lighter ones, I guess, are, are, you know, starting out. There was Vader's initial reveal uh, that, mm. that that kind of came like at the end of the first episode. I, mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Or, when or he was, was it... when he was in the vat of um, the uh, basically like the healing fluid. I don't know what that stuff is called. Is was it like a, a back to tank? Uh, back of? to tank. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So or maybe whatever the dark side uh, has. The evil but... back to tank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the negative back to tank. basically. <laughs> um, so that was really cool to see him like that because we've never really seen Darth fully or Anakin fully unclothed like that. And mm-hmm. he's pretty he's pretty terrifying. I mean, yeah. For everything that, like I said earlier, that I alluded to him being a Jason Voorhees in in Rogue One, that really is Darth Vader. And every everything I've I've played, every video game I played, or everything I've seen about Darth Vader shows just how commanding he is. And the the sad thing about four, five, and six is while he's very evil in those, or he seems evil, we don't really get to see exactly why. We don't get to see him at his true potential. Right. And these so. In this one and in uh, Rogue One, in Obi-Wan Kenobi and in Rogue One, we we finally get to see Darth at his full potential. And he is freaking terrifying. Mm-hmm. So not just from his, his his what he can do with the, with the dark side of the force and everything else, but just physically looking at him like in this back to tank. He looks like Freddy Krueger pooped out like, I don't know, <laughs> Jason Voorhees or something. It's it's pretty, pretty gnarly, but I, I like it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, speaking of Vader being terrifying, so the another early scene that comes to mind is when they're trying to get off of um I forget what planet it is, but you know, it's it's back when Obi-Wan and uh, first like uh, first rescues Leia and they're trying to get off and um you know, uh, Vader just straight up <laughs> owns his ass uh you know right into the he makes a giant fire pit and then he drags his ass through the fire pit that was crazy dude like at that moment like it clicked for me i was like oh okay so vader for 10 years has been doing nothing but preparing for this moment both mentally and physically and Obi-Wan has been doing nothing he's but been cutting pat- meat. <laughs> he's been cutting meat and trying to stay on the DL and not getting found out. <laughs> like he, 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 he probably hasn't used the force in a decade. Um, 
and and it shows because <laughs> because he got his ass kicked. But as as we know, Obi Wan is the fucking goat, and he he got his groove back, and he got it pretty, and he got it back pretty quickly. Um, One really brilliant thing that I I, I wonder if you noticed or not, um, it was very apparent to me, was because he and there's this trope in movies of people getting their groove back like this. mm -hmm. Obi-Wan is resorting to tactics that he maybe didn't use before, like using blasters. Um, And and Mm -hmm. I think that through episode one and two, you see him use a blaster until he uh, rescues Leia from the Inquisitor ship. And that's when we finally get to see him use his lightsaber. And you're like, yeah. holy shit, he's still a little rusty. He's still a little raw with it. But when we get to see him uh, use the force also to hold back the water, it's mm-hmm. it's so cool. And it's just like, oh, he's going to get there. <laughs> so it's, it's a perfect buildup and a culmination until... Uh, he gets to that lightsaber duel with Darth Vader at the very end because we keep getting teased on it. But when we finally get it and he does his stance like he did in Clone Wars, right? Uh Oh, my God. I love it so much. It's just it is it is what I go see Star Wars for our epic, amazing fights. And to see Darth Vader use just one hand to also prove like how freaking strong and powerful he is. I mean, the mm. other ones using the force and whatnot, but like he is just manhandling, no pun intended, Obi-Wan. And then at times <laughs> Obi-Wan's like, no, I'm going to shoot rocks at you. And so right. it's, uh, it's really cool. So I, I agree with you on that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was something that, uh, like I-, I felt like they illustrated really well in this, uh, in the series is, um, it, it's not that Anakin slash Vader is bad at defense, but we kind of, uh, they, they expose that in, uh, their, um, their back and forth, uh, dueling practice, um, when that kind of cuts in and out of that one episode where mm-hmm. he talks about being able to, you know, be on offense and defense and, you know, having, uh, you know, just always be on your guard and and this, that, and the other thing. Like I, I felt like that was something that Vader never really could grasp or or like he was never maybe meant to grasp was the idea of defense. Like he, he's always on the attack and he's great at being offensive and on the attack and, and all that. But like, that's one of the reasons why Obi-Wan is the fucking goat is because he can do both really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and being a, a defensive player is something that, uh, that Vader, like he can do, but he can't do to the extent that, that Obi-Wan can maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but no, that's... you're, you're right. I, and I think back to kind of like what I was saying too. So a new hope, we only get Obi-Wan for a little bit and then everything else we see him as a force ghost. Mm-hmm. And so we, we're like, who is this old man? He's like Herbert from family guy, right? You know? <laughs> so we don't really understand the, the, the gravity of his, of what he can do and, and his potential or what, why he was so, famous, you know, General Kenobi sort of thing. So that's what I liked about the prequels is we got to see all of that, like when he killed Grievous and taking on Jango Fett. I mean, all these types of things were so cool to see. So I think this it just continues to strengthen the legacy that is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, And I think it was very, very uh, necessary 
so yeah, the, 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 that goes back to the the battle scene, like we were talking about too. The, the flashbacks, them just kind of basically critiquing, you know, Anakin's always going to be the apprentice, and Obi Wan's mm-hmm. the master. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's one of the reasons why uh, Vader makes that terrible mistake of uh, go- choosing to go after Kenobi instead of yeah. the the spaceship full. <laughs> Of Jedi, like that that one guy, the the fifth brother or whatever, um, yeah. that the guy, Grand, Grand Inquisitor. I think yes, is his name. Yeah. he is a major dick. Yeah, he is. But for all his faults of being a major dick um, and a, and a wise ass, he spoke the most truth in that moments where he was like, um, Vader, like that's that's <laughs> one dude. I know you got beef with him, uh, and it's like centuries long. But there's literally like a spaceship that's running out of fuel and it's got like a bunch of jet- <laughs> like we should probably go go after that. And he's like, nah, fam, <laughs> going after this one dude. He's like, this uh, time it's personal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so let's uh, we, we've kind of alluded to it up until this point. Let's let's dive into the big, big lightsaber duel. So. Um, between Vader and Obi Wan, so this it wasn't that great, right? It, it was just all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, be, behind behind um, the duel of fates, the the Qui Gon Obi Wan and Darth Maul, mm-hmm. which is is my favorite Star Wars lightsaber battle ever. Okay. Um, I think this has got to be number three. I'd say number two is probably from Last Jedi, um, uh, Kylo Ren and Rey battling together. And they're fighting oh, yeah. uh, the Imperial troopers or whatever they are. Um, those that was an absolutely incredible scene. And I remember watching in theaters and I was blown away. But mm-hmm. this one was really awesome. And I might need to watch this one again because I think it'll take number two. It's really hard to beat uh, Duel of the Fates because that is just so intense with the doors that are closing. And you can kind of see what happens. And Obi-Wan gets left behind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just that whole build up to see Qui-Gon get killed. He sees his master get killed and there's nothing he can do. And then, yeah. you know, you're like, it is on, man. They are <laughs> they're going to freaking fight. And it is so badass. But, yeah. yeah. The the only thing that would have made that scene better is if they managed to cut the the dual lightsaber out of um, out Darth of the, the previews. Like, oh yeah yeah so it was a complete surprise like can you imagine like everyone's collective brains fucking exploding in the movie theater like oh my god <laughs> does not compute <laughs> right yeah it, was, it would just be system overload for every single person in that movie theater like just it, it would have been the first time that anyone has seen light come out of uh two two places on a hilt um it's <laughs> yeah. uh, it's craziness but this was also a time before, you know, the Internet was really prominent and before mm-hmm. uh, cell phone or before we had Twitter and social media. So, I mean, even then, you can't really get the reaction like we would now where we have a teaser trailer. We were just talking about the um, the new uh, Hocus Pocus 2 Hocus movie Pocus. coming out before this. And it's, it's just a teaser trailer there. I, I guarantee there are probably like 500 breakdown videos on YouTube right now about it. <laughs> so, like, I can only imagine if this movie 
if uh, Phantom Menace came out now with social media, it would break down everything. The trailer would be, yeah, just completely torn apart. So Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think it does kind of take away from the whole uh, mystique of the film. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that was just a little, you know, side note, but um, back to, back to the lightsaber duel. So um, I, I, I'm, you know, it was like a week ago that I watched this. So I'm trying to recall as much as I can, but you know, really it, I feel like it it hit its stride when you know Kenobi shows that he he has those like he remembers that part of you know the the light side of the force is holding on to those positive memories and those positive thoughts to to either metaphorically uh, or literally pull you out of the rubble and. Uh, and that's like, you know, one of the second greatest uh, or another great moment where a bunch of rocks lifting off oh, of the ground. I loved and, it so much. <laughs> in Star Wars history, just like turned everyone on. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, but just how fast it was, because, you know, again, the only other battle we have of Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi up until this point is from A New Hope. And it's just mm-hmm. they kind of stand there and they hit their lightsabers like two geriatric, you know, yes, men. It's very underwhelming. It's so underwhelming. And and now, you know, the circle is complete. Uh, this this battle is what we want, where Obi-Wan's doing behind the back shit and like flips and Darth is throwing rocks all over him and he's buried. You're like, how is he going to get out of this? Yeah, it's just and then, you know, he gets his groove back like you're talking about. I just I want to watch this battle over and over again. Like I probably will go watch it after we record this because it was so good and it was so emotional because yeah. he knows at that point that his friend, his brother, Anakin is is no longer there. And he says, Anakin is dead. And he says, goodbye, Darth. Yeah. Um, which also is a very important thing to note, too. Every time from four, five and six, when Obi-Wan, Force Ghost or real uh, refers to Vader, he calls him Darth. He doesn't call him Anakin. So I think this was a fun bridge point because all the other times he called him Anakin. But right. until this moment, he knows that Anakin is, quote unquote, dead. Um, so he calls him Darth. And I think it was a very, very, uh, very, very poignant and, and important part in in all of the star wars lore so the battle in mapuzo was was very necessary yeah oh yeah for sure um no i i love the shit out of uh, out of this battle is so damn good um i i can't break it down eloquently i i just i can just say it was awesome over and over and over again. <laughs> it was beautiful too. Like I love was, nighttime yeah. scenes. I mean, anytime you have lightsabers, you should probably do that at night. And mm-hmm. just the contrast, Darth Vader just being so strong and overpowering at times with one handing things while, while Ewan has to use two hands, right? Obi-Wan yeah. has to use two hands, but I mean, it's just their different styles. And I think that goes back to the flashback scene too. Darth is, is all about, I'm going to win. I'm going to destroy you. But Obi-Wan is like, I can beat you using these other tactics that you're not paying attention because you're like a bull in a china shop and mm-hmm. I'm going to avoid you by doing these things. And so it's so interesting. Um, and the juxtaposition is is beautiful. So yeah. I, I yeah, totally love it. Yeah, it uh, 
it one makes me really glad that I spent the ridiculous amount of money that I did on building a lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge. And two makes me want to build another one from I think it's Saber Forge dot com or, or whatever that website is but those are actually dueling lightsabers because the one that i built is i believe it's just for show like if it you is. wave it around um you know it makes noise and, and whatnot like it's you know motion sensitive but uh yeah as far as i know it, it's not meant to be dueled with whereas the ones from like other websites like uh, saber forge and and a few others that are out there like those are actually for for battling and i'm like after seeing that scene in particular and just the whole show I, i'm i'm like maybe i can get one and incorporate it into like a workout like i have a heavy bag upstairs in the bonus room so maybe like after uh, a workout like i can <laughs> practice like like wielding a lightsaber and smacking the shit out of my heavy bag with it i don't i don't know you gotta get one of those flying balls that shoots lasers at you and then you can uh you can block them you you don't believe in uh, the force do you han (laughs) oh you mean that thing that you just heard of five minutes ago (laughs) i love that family guy episode oh it's so good yeah it's what the hell is an aluminum falcon (laughs) aluminum falcon love it yeah Uh, one one scene I did want to talk about, because um, I don't know if you mentioned it or not, but again, to to talk about how strong Vader is. I mean, when I played Fallen Order, you literally can't beat him. You can't you you can't fight him. He's just too strong and too powerful. When when Reva is trying to to kill him, he just knows she's behind him, and he's like, "Do you think I didn't know it was you the entire time, little one?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Holy shit!" Right, but when he stops the ship from taking off and you're like, okay, they might escape. And he just brings it down and tears it apart. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, when I was watching it, I'm like, Oh my God, they're all dead. But then it, and the other one takes off. Yeah. I just, in my mind, I'm like, Vader is unreal. Yeah. I, I, he is, he's invincible. There's, he will kill anybody. There's there's no stopping him. I just couldn't believe that. And I was I loved every minute. I was a hog in shit when I was watching this movie, man. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that was a very intense and amazing scene where he's like, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> You're not going to escape me. And uh, like, I I honestly expected that to happen. I was like sitting there just like like sweating my ass off like i was just like oh my god what's gonna happen next and like he walks in and he sees them about to escape and i was like he is not gonna let them <laughs> let them go out and uh yeah sure enough he he pulls them back in and i was like damn yeah he, he did that shit that was that was crazy yeah and, that was uh that was very interesting yeah um so uh kind of get uh getting into closing thoughts here um one of my favorite moments and honestly i i didn't expect this to happen like it i didn't feel like it was a um for me at least it wasn't a super emotional series um i mean it was like it brought a lot of closure and uh you know connected a lot of dots like we mentioned earlier but it it didn't really strike uh or or hit like you know like oh oh my god i'm gonna cry over this moment kind of chords uh but the the scene where uh at the uh, towards the end where 
Obi-Wan comes back to visit and I, you know, more or less say goodbye to Leia. Um, when they're, they're kind of closing in on the end of their talk, like just for whatever, like when the music starts playing, like the, the main overture, um, I lost it. (laughs) Like I was a bloody mess. Like, just that that scene the mu- like that is my favorite star wars music of all time like me the, too yeah like yeah yeah it's uh, yeah yeah it's it's my favorite and it's it's leia's it's almost like it's leia's theme too um, but yeah like i, I mean it, i think the first time we ever hear it is when luke is uh uh the binary like, sunset yeah he, he's kind of He's like looking at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps coming back to Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, always. Um, it's either that or uh, The Office. Oh, gosh, I know. You have those two choices. But anyways, um, it, did, did you um, find yourself in any, uh, you know, about to cry or just overly emotional um, uh, moments like that? I mean, I I would probably just say the battle at the end, um, yeah. just because it's the culmination of everything that needed to be. And in and, and Revenge of the Sith, it was so sad to, at the end because you could feel Obi-Wan's pain. And he's like, you were the chosen one. You're supposed to be the best of us. Uh, that was just sad and hard to watch, you know, and I hate you sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I I think it was it was neat to see Obi-Wan almost have somewhat of what he thinks might be a closure. And if this is the, the one and done season they do for Obi-Wan, then I'm fine with that. I would really love a second season and I think you could do a lot with it, but I think this would be a fine way to hang it up. It was really cool to see him interact with Luke in a certain sense to provide him that, that plane that, you know, uh, spoiler, he was playing with in a new hope too. That was a little Easter egg that was in there, but, oh yeah. um, to, just to be able to have a little bit more of Owen Lars. I, I, I want to see a second season to see that stuff flesh out. So there wasn't really anything that brought me to tears other than probably the emotional lightsaber battle at the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to be that guy be like, you know, it's probably cause I got kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's kind of a fucking cop out thing to say, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it that, that scene in particular um, just got me. Um, but yeah, I, I am really glad that like when at, at the end where Owen was like, do you want to meet him? And mm-hmm. I was like, you son of a bitch, you better not fucking just like shake your head and walk away. You go meet that fucking kid. Yeah. You go say hi. <laughs> yeah. And, and so when he did, and then he said, hello there, I was like, yeah. And then part of me was like the angel from my nightmare, the shadow <laughs> in the background of the morning. Yeah, um, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, fucking. Blink-182. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyways, uh, any, any final thoughts and, uh, feelings and comments and potential letter grade you want to throw out for, Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah, I really liked it a lot. Um, I think it's so far it's been my favorite series uh, out of them. Uh, I really liked Mandalorian a lot. Um, I I don't think, honestly, Mandalorian is as good as what everybody says it is. I still really enjoyed the hell out of it, and I'm excited to see. I mean, 
in Mandalorian to deviate a little bit in Mandalorian season two, when Luke spoiler, you know, shows up, you're like, holy shit, that was probably one of the coolest moments I've ever seen in any Star Wars um, mm-hmm. thing. That was just what I wanted, right? For him just absolutely destroying these these whatever they are. I forgot what they were called, but you're like, crap, they're all going to die. And he just completely obliterates them. I mean, very much akin to Darth Vader. You have Luke as a full fledged Jedi. Um, And so I want to see Disney actually go along with that storyline more. The, the, the past return of the Jedi between that and between the force awakens, because that's a lot of stuff you can play with. And they've almost exhausted the time frame between revenge of the Sith and a new hope. um, In my opinion, so I really enjoyed it. It's it's an A for me. I think it's my favorite of the Disney Plus series so far. Yeah, I uh, it's pretty high up there for me as well. I'll probably go with like maybe a B plus or an A minus. Um, it's it's pretty near perfect, but um, you know there there's still you know some some moments where I'm like eh, like you know, and I I do kind of feel like it was a little slow to uh, to start out with. But overall, fantastic. Um, I'm kind of, I guess, the opposite. I, I think the Mandalorian is. Uh, I disagree. I think Mortal Kombat is the best. <laughs> well, it Don- is a good game. Donkey Kong <laughs> Donkey sucks. Kong is the best. <laughs> uh, no, um, uh, the Mandalorian is uh, is is kind of number one for me. I mean, it's it's a space western through and through, um, and. I don't, it, it just like it's it, you said it uh, earlier, like it, it was a show that we didn't really like ask for or thought we needed, but it ended up being just like a fucking shot out of a cannon. Like, holy shit, this is amazing. Um, and it, so far out of like all the like the, the Star Wars shows that we've gotten, um, I know we haven't gotten a ton, but uh, I guess it's is, is it really just three is it uh mandalorian boba fett and obi-wan is that uh, it? Ba- bad batch was in there too oh yeah that's right i, I haven't had a chance to watch that yet um, yeah i didn't watch that yet either but there i mean there should be some some cool stuff too coming up um yeah we'll, we'll see what happens um yeah i didn't i didn't watch any of the the d21 conference or whatever it's called uh, okay the summit but, or whatever yeah um yeah, I, uh, I I can't think of anything that's coming up soon in terms of Star Wars. I, I really am not in the know. I haven't really been paying that much attention, unfortunately. But um, I know this was great. So oh, yeah. they're doing the Ahsoka, Ahsoka, uh, Ahsoka oh, yeah. Katana show. They're that's doing right. one called Skeleton Crew, um, The Acolyte. Okay. Uh, they're doing the Lando Calrissian show. And then the Mandalorian season three. And I hope they get Donald Glover again for it. Because I love Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian. He was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, so. he's great. Yeah, he, he plays a great Lando. Um, he's He's got like the right temperament for it and everything. Um, <clears throat> so um, you want to uh, hit our shit that doesn't suck segment real quick and then put a pretty little bow on this thing and peace out. Let's do it. Shit that doesn't suck. 
So uh, I used to dislike Fathom events, and the only reason why is because I thought that they were kind of cheesy, and for good reason. They do they have had a lot of issues with video quality. Um, I, apparently, it's like a satellite dish at most theaters, so it's not the mm. greatest when it comes through. So sometimes it doesn't even look 1080p. It might be 720p, which is terrible. But I one of my favorite movies of all time is The Thing from 1982, and yeah, they buddy. had their 40th anniversary. Uh, last week so i went with a friend to a theater here in seattle and i saw it um on a wednesday and every review i was reading so they had a sunday viewing and a wednesday i was gonna go sunday but i ended up missing it then i read a bunch of articles online saying how it was terrible the sound quality was bad they cut out the some of the aspect ratios so some of the movie you couldn't see um hmm. and it just was like basically like dvd quality so a lot of people were pissed then theater owners were saying, you know, it's going to be fixed. We already got an email from Fathom Events and, and, you know, they're sending us a thumb drive and all that kind of stuff. When I saw it, I really, really enjoyed it. I think okay. the sound quality was really good. Uh, it was amazing to see it on a big screen. I mean, I don't know if it was 4K, but it still looked incredible. And I had a, a great time watching one of my favorite movies in a theater with a friend and to to laugh along at parts that I laugh along at and to mm -hmm. be terrified at, with other people and just be like, oh, at certain moments, <laughs> uh, I, I had such a good time. So Fathom Events, I apologize. You still kind of suck at times, but that was something <laughs> that did not suck was seeing the thing 40th anniversary in uh, in theaters. I really liked it. Well, that's cool. I uh, I, I learned about that event too little too late uh so i unfortunately wasn't able to to go see it uh, i definitely would have liked to though because the thing is um it's amazing i i i didn't see it for the first time until recently within the last couple years but it's it's definitely one of my favorite horror movies uh, of all time just the the practical practical effects game in that movie is off the charts yeah rob Bottine, incredible <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I so I just recently finished up Seinfeld and I thought that a, a logical next series to binge was uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. So I I think I went through that in like two weeks, like all 11 or 12 seasons that are out. Wow. I, I can't remember how many seasons like they're only about 30 minutes each. You know, it's not like a, a 45 or 50 minute episode, um, you know, type of show. But uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty easy to get through. But it oh, God damn, that show is so fucking funny. It does get kind of predictable at times because it does follow a very similar formula mm. over and over again and it does ape quite a bit from Seinfeld because you know Larry David was one of the writers of Seinfeld and showrunners blah 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 so um but yeah uh I thoroughly enjoyed it laughed my ass off on numerous occasions um I uh, I've been watching the new season of the boys. That's been pretty good. Um, so they, I. they had the, the infamous hero gasm uh, episode yeah. this past Friday, which was probably the craziest shit I've ever seen on TV. Um, Are you amazing. saying the newest episode that came out on Friday the 24th? Yes. Okay. So I, I haven't seen it yet. That's episode, I think six. I'm only, uh, yeah, I'm only through five, so no okay. spoilers yet. Sure, but yeah, of course. Everything, everything up to five has been kind of, I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, 
Well, so. this, uh, yeah, get ready for this because it fucking it turns it up to eleven and rips the knob off. Like <laughs> nice. it goes off the rails. Um, it's it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, that and I've been catching up with Westworld as well. Like uh, I realized that a fourth season was coming out. I think it it, it is out now. It but is. Um, it's on HBO Max. Yeah, and I, I remember I, I really enjoyed Westworld when it was um, when it was first coming on. I watched seasons one and two, but then there was like a long gap in between uh, finishing two and like watching three or trying to watch three, and I just I couldn't. I had a hard time getting into it because of that long gap. So I just decided to rewatch seasons one and two. Um, God, that show is such a mind fuck. <laughs> Like it's it's hard to keep up with because there's there's just so much going on and so much yeah. to keep up with but it's it's a great show so definitely recommend that if uh if you enjoy that uh that type of mind fuckery where you're like oh my god <laughs> um but uh yeah i think that's gonna do it for this episode uh zach why don't you uh tell everyone where they can find you on the the ye old social media and podcast platforms and and the like. Yeah, so I am part of a podcast called Don't Be Crazy. Uh, it is a movie podcast where we review films, good or bad, and we discuss them. We just did Goodfellas, uh, one of the greatest movies of all time, Fight Me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you can definitely at me if you don't think so. And I am on Twitter at, uh, what is my Twitter? Zach Dale 60, Z-A-C-H Dale 60. Uh, but yeah, the Dobe, the Don't Be Crazy podcast is fun. I do it with my friend Justin, and it's it's a hoot. We have a lot of movies that we like to discuss. We have ones that we can't, we don't want to talk about, but we do anyways. And we always take suggestions, so it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, that's uh that's my spiel. Cool. Yeah, well, Zach, uh, once again, thank you for being on. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to intrude on your uh, uh on an episode of don't be crazy again i'm just gonna insert myself absolutely be like here's johnny absolutely <laughs> um but yeah uh thank you and uh listeners thank you for tuning in um if you did tune in uh be sure to check us out on all social media we are on facebook twitter and instagram but we are the most active on facebook because we have a facebook group called geek garage podcast fans and listeners uh free to join you don't need a uh, patreon membership although we do have a patreon if you enjoy throwing uh random people on the internet your hard-earned monies um so we can keep on doing this thing without having to dip, dip into our own pockets um subscribe to the podcast if you haven't leave us a rating and review where applicable which is basically Spotify and Stitcher and Apple Podcast, I believe. Uh, and uh, yeah, that'll do it. Be kind, stay geeky, and eat lots of cheesecake. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.